Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Celestina Brunetti, a registered dietitian who has a strong passion for food and cooking, which led her to culinary school. While in culinary school, she took an intro to nutrition class and found her side passion for dietetics. She has had many different roles while being a chef and being a dietitian, and it always comes back to networking and collaboration, which is why she's created the Dietitian Collaborative. Please enjoy my conversation with Celestina. I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's kick off this podcast by you telling me, how did you get interested in dietetics? When did you kind of come across that as your passion? Yeah. So I love food. In case my name didn't come across, it's super Italian. And (laughs) a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Food has been my life since I was a little kid, like sneaking down to get meatballs when my grandmother was cooking them on a Sunday. So like I started by going to culinary school and the aha moment really came from one working in the nutrition office and like understanding what the field of dietetics was from the professors I had around me. And then two, having an intro to nutrition class, like both in the culinary lab, as well as in the classroom and seeing that there was so much more to making food flavorful than butter and salt, like the typical chef approach. So I think that's what really sparked my interest in this space. And it was really culinarily focused for, oh my gosh, like the last decade. And only recently have I kind of switched focus to working with dietitians, but yeah, that's that's really where it stemmed from. I can see little Celestina like tooting downstairs, stealing meatballs like it's her job. I thought <laughs> I was super stealth about it too. Like, like you know what I mean? Like a spy, like like rolling down the stairs, like sneaking behind chairs, waiting till my grandma was in the bathroom. But what's funny is that like she made tiny little meatballs for me specifically. <laughs> oh my, she knew you were comp. That is so sweet. I love it. <laughs> so you, so did you get in the kitchen then when you were a kiddo too? Or were you just really active in the kitchen? Oh yeah. So yeah. my parents were the ones who let me cook. My nonna was the one who just kind of like let me sit on her counter, ask all of the questions, let me watch, but not take part until I was older. Gotcha. And yeah. so I'm, I can't imagine how delicious, what delicious food you make on a regular basis. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so I, that's interesting. I didn't know that culinary school did like intro to nutrition, which makes sense. I mean, there is that component of culinary. Yeah. And so my undergrad is culinary nutrition and like it was all within the same program. It's through Johnson and Wales. And honestly, I wouldn't have done it any other way. Like I did the clinical thing for a while, but really my passion was like explaining the simplicity of like how flavors go together, how this cooking method can literally change your life. So I think it was a very unique take on nutrition and like the approach with all of that, but it was, I wouldn't have done it any other way. That sounds like the perfect program for you. Like I, you know, and I, I knew that I knew it kind of existed, but I don't think it's very common to find that type of focus in nutrition. I don't think there are very many programs like yeah. that, if at all, because I know you maybe have like one food science class in like a typical DPD program, but mm-hmm. 
that's probably the extent of like getting your hands on cooking. Yeah. And you make stupid stuff. Like I remember my one class, I think I made like mayonnaise and pie crust and like <laughs> really goofy things. And I'm like, okay, well, what does this have to do with anything? But makes sense. And looking back now, like just to learn like the chemistry of food science, but interesting. So John- Johnson and Whale, that's the program that you went through. Yeah. That's the, the university that I went to. Okay. And where's that located? Uh, they had several campuses back in the day, but I went to the OG campus in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. Or is that where you're from then, that area? No. No? Okay. <laughs> oh, we're, we're going real deep. So <laughs> I grew up in New York, uh, like in Queens, like the city, I guess, if you if you will. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then my parents wanted a life change when I turned 14. So we moved to Vegas. And then what? I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> not doing this desert life. So then I went to school back on the East Coast. Oh my gosh, that is a huge change. <laughs> are they still in the Vegas area? They are, yeah. They love it then, huh? <laughs> uh, I think that they like that it doesn't snow. Sure, yeah. <laughs> well, New York, it, it snows a little bit there, so yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I don't know, that's a pretty extreme way to get away from the snow. But Yes, yes it well, was. Well, good for you going back, so you are definitely an East Coast girl at heart. Oh yeah. 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 So tell me after school, so this, um, John, they, did you do an internship program there as well to get your RD or how did that work for you? Yeah. So they, they definitely encouraged us like senior year to apply to, to programs. Um, and I don't, I'm trying to think back. I don't think I did. I did not apply my senior year. I actually waited a whole year, got some like actual experience in that space. Love that. Um, as, as a diet tech working with eating disorder dietitians working with kids with eating disorders. So like that was, Oh wow. Not at all what I was expecting. I think like my first like big girl job out, out of yeah. school, but <laughs> it was, I think it was insightful. It was enlightening and I would never go back to clinical, but I think it was a really good stepping stone to, to kind of getting me on the, the track that I was on. So no, I didn't apply initially. I waited that year actually didn't get matched the first time. Um, I had some reach schools on there, like NYU, Cal Poly, like, mm, it was sure. fine. you know, like I didn't get matched the first time. Um, but then I moved back to Vegas for honestly, with hopes of moving to California. <laughs> okay. But I moved back to Vegas and I applied to an internship while I was working at a restaurant and it was kind of the off like fall match, which I think people forget about. Like I know spring matches, like the big, the big thing that everyone does, but fall match, give it a chance, guys. That's how you get internships. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So I got in fall match at UNLV and it was great. I think it was a, it was a really cool program. I know like you, I, I was just seeing Instagram this week and how everyone's talking about match day and yeah, you're so right about fall. It's not that many months later, right? It's pretty, pretty yeah. quick after that. And it does up your chances of definitely getting into an internship. So yeah, very good I point. Think, I think in mine, there were at least 20 people who went in for an interview and then 11 of us got chosen. So okay. I feel like the statistics are better. Yeah. I love that you took a year off in between. I wish I, that is one thing I wish I would have done because like you said, you got some great experience. You, I mean, and that was some great experience because that's not just your average like clinical job, right? Like that's yeah. definitely a different, a little bit more specific, but I think there's something to be said by just kind of giving yourself a breather from school, getting some hands on. So it's great to hear that it was valuable for you. 
Totally. And I don't know if it was much of a breather because I was also managing like a family run sandwich shop, not my family, oh. but a families. <laughs> so my day started at 5am in the clinical position. And then I didn't get home. Like I closed the sandwich shop at like 10 o'clock every night and oh did the gosh. same thing like six days a week. So I don't know if it was really a breather, but <laughs> 21 year old me just had the gusto to do it. You know, there is something to be said about our younger years. And when we do the crazy things and work the crazy hours, then we look back and we're like, how the hell did I, how the hell did I get through that? Seriously. <laughs> so finished up your internship with UNLV and what was kind of like your first, what was, what was on the horizon for you? What were you interested in and where did you go? I had my hand in a lot of different buckets. What's really funny is that my community director, like during my internship was like, girl with cooking, like you gotta be on camera. And it was so interesting because at that period of time, like even the thought of being on camera gave me butt spasms, like literal <laughs> butt spasms. <laughs> so <That's> amazing. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. But it's hilarious because within that, I think it was within my community rotation, like I, I had the opportunity and I was given the chance like at a job, like right after my internship and it was on camera, it was doing cooking demos, which again, I, I look back and I like cringe at some of those videos. I'm like, <laughs> Oh God, they're so bad. <laughs> but that like, that like opened so many doors to like video, like learning how to video edit and being on camera and like the production side of it all. So that was my first job out of the internship. And then I also like, I also started personal chefing like pretty early on as well. So it was, it was kind of a lot, truthfully. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. Like, you know, for a first time dietitian heading into, like you said, into the video kind of world, that's a little bit intense. I'm sure you didn't have to do all the production part. You just had to be the talent, right? Oh no, 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 no. You no, had to no. do all of it? girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So it was, it was a grant through the state. So it was through um, our cooperative extension in, in Nevada. And it was a state grant. They only had enough money for like one person to do all of this. So I was the script writer. I was like, I chose the recipes out of the, the whatever the book was that we chose to use for this. Um, I set up the camera, dimmed the lights, made sure the room was clean did the presenting and cooking of all of it. And then I had to edit videos like a, like an amateur. <laughs> That's insane. So yeah. you figure that all out on your own then basically. Yeah. And I think, I think the grant money was only good for like three months. So oh, I did like 25 videos in three months. It was insane. That's insane. But I mean, good for you for doing it. Like what, again, getting thrown into the fire, like just making it happen. Seems like this tends to be a trend with you, my dear. <laughs> and then you were personal chefing. So not yeah. only were you doing videos and cleaning up and doing all that, then you were going out and cooking for other people or were you going into homes or how did that work for you? Yeah. So initially I was working through other personal chefs, like as a contractor and seeing like what they did and how they worked with clients. And then eventually they ended up giving me the clients that they said that they had no fun with essentially like oh. the clients who had like, <laughs> no, well, it, okay. It was no fun for them because like their creative liberties as chefs were kind of like, Oh, pinched sure. a wee bit, you know, but like these were clients who had different, um, 
different dietary needs that I could fulfill because that mm-hmm. was fun for me. So they gave me all of their really challenging clients and it was, it was actually really awesome. Um, and then because it's Vegas, I also had the opportunity to cook for a professional baseball player. And that was epic. Like, Oh, wow. Think of like the nicest house in the hills <laughs> and then getting there before sunrise and being able to see the sunrise as you're cooking. Like it was, epic. wow. Yeah. And probably in a beautiful kitchen that had everything you possibly could need. Yes. It was so nice. (laughs) Yes. Well, what a cool gig. I mean, like, that's a really cool that you kind of got to marry, like, dietitian, cooking, all of the above in intense way. But what an awesome opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, a lot happened in that period of time. (laughs) But it was, I wouldn't change it at all. So when did you get exhausted and move on from those (laughs) adventures? It took a while. Um, So I guess timeline wise, I ended up moving probably six months or eight months after I took took on both of these positions in Las Vegas. My husband's in the Air Force, so we tend to do that a lot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But we, we moved and I kind of had to recalibrate and figure out like what the next step in in business was going to be. So we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the first thing that I found is super beneficial when you move to a new city, especially when you have your own business is to network, right? Like to meet local people, to go to all of the different opportunities that you can possibly go to. And if you vibe with someone, awesome. Um, They'll probably connect you to other people that you'll also vibe with. So like, that's probably the biggest lesson that I learned with all of these moves. And when I was there, I had the opportunity to work in hospice, which is very interesting, right? Like we go from the typical clinical position of like educating, oh, this is a heart healthy diet to you can have all of the ice cream you want. Just get all the calories in. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I did a little bit of a little bit of hospice there, but I also like ramped up my my one-to-one clients, as well as personal chefing. So again, went right back into it. So I don't know if I ever really chilled at that point. It took a couple of years for me to like chill and ramp things down. Um, but yeah, then then I also had this amazing opportunity while I was there to to teach at the university. So I was oh, teaching gosh. fourth year doctoral students culinary skills. It was a dream come true. That was an amazing job. <laughs> oh, now I can see just your personality. Like you probably were in your element just having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was probably one of my favorites. What's funny is that I had another opportunity at that university to teach. I think it was either freshman or sophomores, like intro to nutrition. And I hated it. Did you? <laughs> I hated Wasn't it. Wasn't as fun. It probably was no. really lame and boring. <laughs> it was. And like, Truth be told, like my scientific knowledge of all of the nutrition processes is not fantastic, right? Like I really lean into the food side of things and helping Mm -hmm. people understand that. So I had to like relearn all of it and then attempt to teach it. It was terrible. (laughs) Uh, That was a one and done, right? (laughs) No, it was a two semester and done. It was? Oh gosh, (laughs) you had to go through a whole whole school Uh, year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Again, though, you had so many things going on. So you're teaching, you're cooking, you're working a little bit with hospice. Like you, again, and how long had you been married at that point? Uh, probably we, I mean, I moved four months after we got married. So Okay. 
so newlywed. So you are trying yeah. to figure that whole thing out too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now that you're saying this, I'm like reflecting back on it. I'm like, damn, this is a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, new dietitians tend to go balls to the wall on lots of things. I think it's yeah. as new dietitians. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I didn't stop with the next move though. So like you didn't, so you no. didn't learn from, okay. So where, <laughs> next move, where was this and what did you do there? We kept going further East. So Pensacola, Florida. Um, okay. It's called, it's referred to lovingly as lower Alabama. Cause it's basically as far West as you can go in okay. Florida. Um, but yeah, that's where the personal chefing side of things really picked up. And I was cooking for probably six to seven families a week regularly. And oh each gosh. cooking session is anywhere between three to four hours. Plus you have to go food shopping. Plus you have to menu plan all of the things. So, so one was, whole day for one family, basically. I would do two families a day. Oh my gosh. When did so you cook for yourself? Did you just eat? Did you just eat their food? No, <laughs> like, I didn't. I'll just cook a little bit for myself today. So I actually eat some food. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned this, right? So like, I know what I should be eating and like the nutrition side of things, obviously like being an RD, but when I go into chef mode, regardless of like the environment that it's been in, I don't eat. So it's very interesting that you say that, like I would start at 7 a.m., and then oftentimes finish at four if I had two families that day and maybe just have coffee in between and water. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So That's it's crazy. It was so unhealthy and it, it wears you down, you know? So I like with the pandemic, obviously I had to slow down with that and I was cooking once a week and then delivering meals instead. So that was a little bit better. But then I took on restaurant consulting because I needed more things to do, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> So you were reviewing menus, yes. I, I was actually putting together a menus. healthy menu for like a startup restaurant. Um, and that was, I think it was interesting at the time, but it's not something that like I'm super passionate about. And then quickly, swiftly afterwards, we moved again, which is kind of fast forwards to where we're at now. We live in Germany. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So a couple takeaways that I get from <laughs> all of this is first of all, with someone who moves as often as you do, it's really hard to establish a, a base and like a consistency with your job. Right. Yes. So sounds like networking is one of your biggest tools that you really kind of jump in full force with when you move. Literally the first thing I do every time. Yes. Okay. So like, cause I mean, you just, these jobs just don't come to you obviously. And you've had some great experiences so that lends a lot to who you are as a person and how you're connecting with people so how would you tell a dietitian that maybe is in a similar situation to you maybe not or is going to move like how do you start that whole collaboration like networking process Ooh, I think you have to be open-minded right like you have to know where you contribute like to to the conversation right so like understanding what your superpowers are understanding like what you bring to the table, what makes you unique is really important. And like where your values lie, right? Because that's going to determine who you want to potentially collaborate with and the other people that you have um, like on a care team, if you will, around you. So I think being as solid as possible in knowing who you are, what you bring to the table, and then going into different opportunities like within your local area um, for collaboration. And maybe that is like a dietitian specific collaborative opportunity, or maybe it's like medical professionals, or maybe it's something like BNI, which is kind of this global networking um, where you're using other people's connections to make connections within this new community. And I've found 
that that is some of the best connections or rather those are some of the best connections that I've made because those people have been in that city or that location for an extended period of time and have this, these amazing connections. That's it. So it's called BNI. BNI. Yeah. Business Networking International. Interesting. I've never heard of that before. And I love how you mentioned superpowers. I know that you're very passionate about that. (laughs) And I I think that's great because I don't think we as dietitians or food nutrition professionals give ourselves any credit to what our true superpowers really are. And what's interesting is that like nutrition is something that we've learned, right? Like that's not something that's like inherently us, but there's something that maybe it's connection with your clients in a certain way, or maybe it's your voice. Or for me, it's like the power of being able to connect people and relying on that connective network. That's something else that you bring to the table that goes beyond nutrition. That's your superpower. I like that. Now that's something to tap into because I think we just focus on that nutrition expertise and we don't focus on the other goody great stuff that we we have yeah there there have been rds that i've worked with within my mastermind where they were trying to force something like think about like putting a box into a circle right like a Mm -hmm. a square into a circle they were like oh i really want to do this i really want to do this but like as we started to talk more like her superpower started to illuminate right like she's amazing at brainstorming and she's super knowledgeable about the clinical space like that those two together would make for an awesome mentorship or like an awesome supervisory ship for Mm. a young RD. And I think sometimes you have to like take a step back and recognize maybe not something that's super apparent to you, but other people see it in you, which is why it can be so beneficial to have people around you who can see you in your element, like doing your things and then be like, Hey, you're really good at this. Maybe this is an avenue to explore. Yes, which you do. So, okay. So let's get to that. So you've moved to Germany. How long ago, how long have you been in Germany? A year and a half. Okay. So I know that you, now are you doing, let's, let's see, how did you navigate like a whole nother country? It's like United States is super easy, right? You can like figure that out. But what happened when you moved to Germany and what did you kind of focus on there? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier, right? Like I love to collaborate and that was something that I knew how to do when we moved However, this move took me completely virtually and I was completely out of my element because a lot of the times, like on social media, it feels very flat. Like Mm -hmm. we don't really get to have these conversations with everyone whose picture we like, right? Like we're getting pretty deep right now, but that doesn't always happen. And that's, I think that was really lacking for me. So when we first moved here, I was actually working in a niche with busy families and created a program to teach busy families how to simplify cooking. And I thought it was awesome because when I was in Pensacola, I was cooking for these busy families, but it just didn't translate very well to the online space or perhaps my messaging was off or perhaps my heart wasn't really in it and I wasn't really seeing it or all of that. So after kind of this, I'm going to be real with you guys, like legit breakdown this time last year, I kind of recalibrated and did a little bit more inner work to figure out like, again, what my superpowers are, like what my values are, what my why really is and how to harness all of that. So I can serve a community in a way that feels good for me, but can also really benefit them and that they also see the value in it. So that led me to creating the dietitian collaborative 
first as a podcast, as just like a place for me to vent and a place for me to connect fellow dietitians and to connect with fellow dietitians. Because I love having conversations like this and like understanding and hearing people's stories and like what they can contribute in their own way. And that has since morphed into a mastermind and now international retreats, which is also crazy. (laughs) I did see that. I do love, (laughs) I do love how you like started with the conversation piece, because like you said, you were really looking for that connection and you can't really do that on social media. You have to have those conversations that are a little bit more personal. So it sounds like that really like after a breakdown, like after the crisis, you had like a breakthrough. And sometimes we have to go through that really hard stuff to figure out where we're meant to be. And it sounds like that happened for you. It did. And it makes it sound so easy, like rolling it up into like two or three sentences. Right. But (laughs) I feel like it was, it was definitely a lot. It was a lot of inner work and it was like a lot of soul searching and the true like click point, if you will. I talk a lot about this on my Instagram or even on my podcast, I guess, but was when I found human design, which is kind of think about it as like an innate blueprint to you. Like I know the Enneagram is out there. I know Meyer Briggs is out there. But for me, like every time I did those, my brain got in the way of like, oh, this is what I think I am or this is what I think I should be rather than feeling through like what is innately me and that's kind of what I've experienced with bringing human design not only into my world but like into what I do and like how I work with fellow RDs as well and that has been such a game changer in being able to discover that superpower or those superpowers and really express them on a daily basis. I have seen that you've talked about, and I will say like with you, I think that's a great way that you put it, like your brain got in the way. The Enneagram and the mind, those things make, they just, they make my head spin. And I'm just like, okay, this is silly. I'm just not going to pay attention. So I would love to know more about human design. Like why would maybe a dietitian benefit from exploring that a little bit more? Yeah. So in my personal experiences, like what's cool is that you put your birth date, your birth date your birth time and your birth location kind of like into this computery algorithmy thing. There's, there's more hippy dippy slash algorithmy stuff behind it that I don't really understand, <laughs> <laughs> but then it pops out this chart and it looks like alien writing and you're like, Oh my gosh, what is this? Um, but then when you either like dive into it yourself or have someone read it to you from, I think the best way I can explain it is I've never had something feel so me, like written Mm. back to me or spoken back to me before. It just, I think it was reaffirming, but then it was also like, aha, I can do things differently. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like we're all taught either by like our society or by business gurus that we've listened to, Mm -hmm. that we have to do things a certain way. And even when we try, 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 it doesn't feel right. Like for me, I've worked with several business coaches in the past and like, I've been told that like direct messaging and like discovery calls are like mm-hmm. where it's at. And that has never felt good to me. And I, I just thought I was doing it wrong. I was like, but I'm following their blueprint to the T and it doesn't make any sense. Like, why isn't this working for me? So I think if RDs are in this point of frustration and they want to do things differently, they're just not sure what differently looks like for them or what differently should feel like or how differently feels the human, like looking a little bit deeper into your human design can be so beneficial. 
Interesting. Well, and I, like you said, like there's no way to wrap up all the things that you went through when you had this kind of mid mid dietitian life crisis that (laughs) I'm sure like a lot of things went into that. And that was one component that really helped you figure out like you need to, to have more collaborative, you know, efforts in your life and in your professional life. So podcasting, a crazy thing to start out with, but I love that you started out with that because that's, I feel like in a very intimidating space for some people, but you know, like you said, it was a way for you to even just have conversations with yourself and have conversations and thoughts with yourself. Yeah. And truth be told, this is not my first podcast. Like okay. the dietitian collaborative was not my first. I had, I had done several like with a co-host and then one by myself before. So okay. it was a space I was familiar with and I like sometimes not having to show my face for yeah. all of it, you know, like, <laughs> I know it takes some pressure off, right? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can show up in my PJs and it's fine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the, the mastermind. So I think that, you know, that's a very strong word for a lot of people, a strong kind of thought process. So when you, when you think of your mastermind, what came to thought when you created it and what, who is it for? I love that you're asking it like that. So <laughs> there was a lot of thought process that went into it because masterminds are typically centered around business and helping people grow their business in a way that's tangible. And truthfully, I didn't know if one, I could be able to help people get there, right? Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know if that was something I could promise. And two, I think I wanted more out of it. So yes, I'm calling it a mastermind, but I feel like it's so much more. It's it's kind of a self-discovery path, if you will. So I do incorporate human design by gifting everyone who's in it a session with one of my favorite human design coaches and they get to experience or I guess learn a little bit more deeply about like their design and like what makes them tick in that certain way. So maybe it's reaffirming what they already knew, or maybe it's this aha moment. I've had RDs kind of experience it both ways, but going into the six week mastermind, six week space, understanding yourself in a different way I think gives you a different perspective on what your business can look like and kind of rethinking that. So one, I guess, anecdotal, but like also really happened to an RD who was in it. She came in wanting to create a group program for her clients. Her clients weren't asking for it, but she saw like what every other RD out there was doing. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I think this is going to be the next step for me. And what's really interesting is that literally within a week, of like having that conversation with her before starting the mastermind. And then she had her coaching session with the human design coach. We, she came into it first week. She's like, yeah, I think, I think I've completely rethought my business plan. Like no one's really asking for this. And my goal here, like as per her design, she's here to respond to like external things coming to her. So she's like, no one's really asking for this. I'm not really responding to it. And I don't know if I'm really passionate about it which is really interesting because then that opened up some space for her to kind of take a step back, but also start responding to other things that did light her up. So rather than saying yes to every opportunity because it was an opportunity, she gave herself the space to determine if this was something that was how she describes it, a hell yes or a hell no. And -hmm. if anything came up as a maybe or like gray area in between, it was a no. So that I think was a game changer for her because she went from having so much on her plate to trying to do all the things to 
taking the positions or taking the jobs or taking the opportunities that she wanted rather than having to or should having to take it all. So in that six week period, I guess something tangible that came out of it is she went from wanting to have a group to instead putting that on the back burner and creating an ebook that she's now successfully selling. So uh, that just like completely different things, but that's kind of the path that happens over that six week period with a little bit more self-exploration and having people in that supportive environment to kind of help you nurture that and respect your human design as well. Uh, and I, you know what, like you said, there's so many masterminds that focus on the business and you, like you said, I feel like there has, we always see all the outlined outside things. Like, you know, you need to do a class, you need to do this and it's good to actually say, what do I really want to, like, what is it I really want to do? And that's awesome that you're lending your mastermind to that. Yeah. And truthfully, like sometimes it's hard for me to, to shut up (laughs) truthfully, (laughs) but I've found that when I kind of take the back seat to, to like recommendations in this, right? Like a typical group coaching program, like focuses on the business guru or like the person bringing everyone together and relies on them for the answers. So I think to, to kind of quell some of what, or the hesitations that I had initially, right? Like, am I going to be able to answer all of those questions for everyone? The cool part about a mastermind is that you don't have to know it all. You can kind of group think or like use the group to like think through different challenges using their different experiences, their different points of view. And then you have four or five different POVs for that person to think on rather than just like, the mind of the guru, that one person giving you their two cents on it, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to think of myself as the connector in all of this rather than the guru. Awesome. That's awesome, girl. I love it. Thank you. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, like, so, I mean, I definitely will include all your contact information in the show notes just because, you know, there's, again, another mastermind option. I feel like as dietitians, so we do get scared of that. But I think yeah. that your approach is so like down to earth and just like, hey, I'm just here to help you. I'm not here to. I've heard some horror stories about some masterminds. So, yeah, I'm sure you have too. I'm sure you have too. And I know that people get leery, like they try one. You probably have tried one and you're like, oh my gosh, that was not what I was wanting. And then you spend all this money and it's like a waste of time. And Um, but don't give up on the first one. Like there's other ones out there, right? Yes. A hundred percent. And I think sometimes they're just too long, right? Like the commitment time is too long, which is why I'm like, you know what? Six weeks. If you want to, if you want to keep going, cool. But like, I feel like that time commitment, like there's a clear definitive ending for people. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I've seen like six month ones. I'm like, I can't commit to six months. That's insane. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do it in six months. You might be moving again in six months. Who knows? Right. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're also incorporating a retreat as well. So how did you get to that place and how do you feel like this will benefit your people, your tribe? Yeah. So I actually went on a mastermind retreat back in January of this year with a mastermind group that I pay to be in. Um, and I, I had connected with these ladies virtually and I was super excited for like the location, right? Like San Croix, Virgin islands in the mm. middle of January. Like, yes, please. <laughs> but also 
I think it was just the energy in the space, right? Like, yes, you can experience like people's energy online. Like if you're making eye contact with them on zoom or whatever, but like being together was just transformational in a way that I can't explain. And I want people in the RD space to experience that. I feel like the biggest thing we have to look forward to every year is fancy. And that's just so. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. That was a great way to describe it. Yes. <laughs> I feel that way every time I go. <laughs> and like, it makes me not like dietitians. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about fancy, but every time I leave, I'm like, Oh, I hate RDs. And like, I don't want to feel like that. Right. Cause I've met amazing people online and I know that there is, I know that there's like fringe RDs or like even RDs who just want to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And that's the space that I want to create for people and doing so in amazing environments where we don't have to necessarily think about work the whole time. We're in a place that isn't a convention center that is more relaxing yes. with beautiful views. And we have this more like mind, body, soul experience rather than just business. That is what I want to create for, for RDs. That's, um, I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. Convention centers, blah, all right? the, all the, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like little groups. Of, I don't know. It's just, it's very much like high school. I feel like Fancy is very much like a high school clicky, weird dynamic every time yes. I go. So I love that you're kind of like, hey, I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to do my own thing and create that space that you would like to see as far as like connecting dietitians. Yeah. And I think we need it, right? Like who doesn't yes. want an international retreat this year to Italy next year, who knows where, but like, yeah, yeah, just do things differently, man. So, <laughs> so tell me about your retreat. So it's in Italy. What is, how many days is it? Yeah. So it's a five day retreat. So from the 12th to the 17th of September in Lake Cuomo, Italy, who knows, mm. we might see George Clooney. I'm not saying we will, <laughs> but we might. We might. <laughs> um, And we're staying at this villa that overlooks the mountains and the lake. And we have a personal Mm. chef coming in. So all of our meals will be taken care of. We have a yogi slash human design person coming in. So we get to experience that like mind, body, soul healing, as well as kind of just like reflection at night, but also like morning yoga overlooking the beautiful mountains. So it's, it's very much an immersive experience, not only like mind, body, soul, but also in the culture because we're in Italy and the food is amazing. So exploring the local region, they're not necessarily known for wine, but they will have amazing food at their yes. markets um, within the restaurants. And then we get to explore the, the local area as well. There's some amazing hiking. So very yes. cool. And you don't have to cook, so you don't have to be the chef. So that's even more lovely. Exactly. But I'm bringing <laughs> my pizza oven. So we do get to explore and have a little fun making some pizza. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are like the hostess with the mostest. Jeez. <laughs> so where, what do you see dietitian collaboration? Where do you see that going? How do you feel the future for you? I mean, obviously we have the master, you know, the retreat that you have coming up. What else is kind of on board for you? Right now, I think that's as far as I can think out. Into yeah, the I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> I would say you're doing a really good job. <laughs> but I think, I think my big scary goal for our industry or our field as a whole is, is to be more collaborative, to, to allow referrals like doctors do to be the norm, right? Like because we are becoming so niche down that there is more opportunity to refer out to fellow RDs and for it to be the norm, or perhaps even collaborating with fellow RDs on a challenging client and not doing so necessarily um, 
for, for no compensation, but like legitimately working together to figure out solutions for this client. So perhaps they do see one RD for one or two sessions, and then there's a way of compensation in between. But I think that there is space in our field for that, to be able to work collaboratively, not only like on reels or lives on Instagram or mm-hmm. here, like talking on a podcast, but legitimately impacting people's lives together. I think that's amazing. And you like, you know, like you said too, there are a lot of us dietitians, we feel like we have to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And it's totally fine to say yes to collaborating and saying yes to, I think you would be a better fit to work with this person. And we need more of that. And I think we need to stop competing so much. And like you said, just really embracing that collaboration. Preach girl. Yes. I'm here (laughs) for it. I'm here for it. (laughs) I say we're like on the same team when it comes to all of this, for sure. (laughs) Well, I, you know, now I will, I was telling you earlier before we kind of officially got started that I tried not to stalk you before the podcast. (laughs) And now I will stalk you officially and I'll watch all the amazing things that you do and how you're, I know that you try to get on Instagram and, you know, have some good daily thoughts that you share with people on your stories and your posts. So I hope anyone listening today does follow Celestina because she's got some great insight that we all could use every day for sure. But I asked a lot of hard questions. Now I'm going to ask some harder questions. And I love that you do this in your podcast too. You start your podcast with questions, which I think is great. I do. (laughs) I think that's amazing. So Miss, Miss Chef, an amazing Italian foodie. What, what foods do you enjoy? What's your favorite foods that you enjoy? Oh my gosh. If I could eat anything day in, day out, it would be Neapolitan pizza. Like Mm. for sure. Just a very like fluffy, delicious crust, simple sauce, mozzarella cheese, maybe some basil, olive oil. That's it. That's like perfection in my (laughs) eyes too. I mean, you have like all your food groups, right? (laughs) I feel like everything is taken care of. (laughs) And does your husband love this type of food as well? Yeah. Yeah. We actually met at culinary school. So perfect. we're definitely both foodies. That's perfect. So another reason why you are married to him correct <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> what about beverages what kind of beverages do you enjoy Ooh, coffee and cocktails and water oh and beer oh all of the things <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're in germany i hope you slide in some beer there for sure <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie i'm sipping on a non-alcoholic beer right now <laughs> yes yes uh how about scents or smells you enjoy Ooh. okay you know why this is a very interesting one so As part of my human design, um, smell is like one of my superpowers. And I love that you ask this question. So, (laughs) um, oh, it's so specific, but it's, I guess it's the smell of like fermenting grapes and like Mm. yeast. I know that's so specific, but my nonna would cook or she would make panettone at home. So it's like a very like traditional Northern Italian, like Christmas cake, if you will. Okay. And like the yeast and eggs of that fermenting, and she would also put raisins in it. Mm. Like that smell of like just the fermentation process brings me back to being a little kid. And when I lived in New Mexico, I actually went into a vineyard or like, I guess the, the aging room in a vineyard and smelled that same smell and it brought me back. So that specific random specific smell (laughs) i think that's awesome that your your smell is one of your superpowers obviously because it takes you back to that place when you were a kid yeah yeah 
<laughs> I know what smell you're talking about because I, when I was in Napa, we went into like a fermentation room. And I, that yeast, it's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's so interesting. Hmm. <laughs> what is something that no one really knows about you? Ooh. I can talk New York if I really want to. And <laughs> for the 14 plus years of my life, I probably sounded like this. <laughs> Dang, you can turn that on fast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Um, What brings you joy in life? Hanging out with my husband and my dog and like playing soccer with my dog and seeing her floppy little tongue just like hang out as we kick the ball. (laughs) What kind of dog is she? She's a New Mexico mutt, um, like an Australian (laughs) shepherd, maybe Kelpie awesomeness. Aww. That's amazing. And what's her name? Her name is Luna. Luna. Oh, so sweet. And how, and like living in Germany, do you like it? How is international living? It's been amazing. So we moved here during COVID, which was kind of whack. But sure. now that everything's like reopened, it's been absolutely amazing. In the last year, we've visited nine countries all by car. Mm. And like, oh, neat. I don't. I don't know another time in my life when I would have been able to do that if we, if we didn't live here. So it's, it's just been an amazing experience because like where we are, we have Luxembourg 30 minutes away. We have Belgium 45 minutes away and we can get to Amsterdam in like four hours. We can get to Italy in a lot more hours than that, but like we can get, you're closer than you were in New Mexico, right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like a whole half a world closer. Yeah. Oh, and I love, and I, you know, it's like, this is really lens too as well. Like, yes, you're in Germany, but you're still reaching people across the world. You're still like connecting with people in the United States. It's like, you're still here, but you're not. And I think that that's really important to remember, right? Like, I feel like we get so wrapped up in our day to day of being a virtual dietitian, whether it be like locally or internationally, that sometimes we forget that we can connect, like genuinely connect with people across the world. And that has been an absolute game changer for me feeling way less isolated, not only during COVID, but like also because I live in a place where I don't speak the language very well. Sure. Gosh, that's like a gift, right? Like social, that, that alone is a gift about social media and the interwebs and all the things. Yeah. I don't think I would have been able to, I would not have been able to run a business here had we moved here 10 years ago, you know? You'd probably be trying to cook German food for a bunch of German families. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That doesn't sound like any fun. (laughs) Would you like some very starchy carbs and protein? And that's it. (laughs) Seriously, though, the extent of, like, what's crazy is that, like, at the farmer's market, the vegetables are, like, you can look for miles and see veggies. But when you go to a restaurant, they serve you this sad little, like, iceberg lettuce and two tomato side salad. (laughs) That is sad. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> uh, well, it has been a joy chatting with you today. Thank you so much for sharing all your journey so far and then all the fun and amazing things that you're doing. Everyone, please go check out the show notes, collect or connect with Zelostina today. And thank you. I really enjoyed this today. And Elizabeth, thank you so much for opening up the space for this conversation. I am beyond grateful. I really enjoyed my conversation with Celestina. I think it's so fun to connect with a dietitian that 
feels the same way that you do a lot about our profession. I also really enjoy her approach to her mastermind, how it's not maybe so business focused and getting you know all the money and doing all the success in your business, but getting more in touch with who you are, what you want to do and what you want to be in your business. I think it's really cool that she's doing a mastermind um, retreat. I think that's amazing. I might have to look into that myself. Reads us going to Italy and then connecting with a whole bunch of dietitians. So that's very cool. But if you'd like to connect with her, I really hope that you do. She's definitely someone that provides so much inspiration and just kind of great knowledge from a dietitian perspective that you might not be thinking about. So I would definitely connect with her. Remember to be great always. Find the joy in each day and to start a conversation that truly matters.